You're listening to Off to Market with Scott Farley and Hamish Chadwick. Okay, well, a bit of a treat here today. A series of, of episodes are going to come to you. The very knowledgeable people I've known for a while now, Stuart Gower and David Cotton. Now, these guys have been in the startup and management of company space, especially the venture capital and angel capital raising space for many, many years. Um, but I guess overall, I mean, I could, I could go on and on and list all the things they've done, but it's, it's ridiculous how much has been achieved in their lifetimes. Again, great people to have on the podcast just to divulge all their knowledge over their lifetimes in a short segment that you can listen to on the way home. But in the end, I guess when I look at the, the list I've written here, really what these guys have done over the years is just help people get off the ground. And, and not only that, I mean, obviously there's also been some very high level stuff done as well. One, one particular situation that was David's turnaround of Precision Eyewear Company, doubling its value and listing it to sell to OPSM for a record profit. So this sort of stuff, you know, these sort of people don't come around every day in your, in your general life. So it's great to have them on board. We're going to start off by um, letting David and Stuart introduce themselves and just discuss uh, one of their companies which they've got going right now, which helps startups get off the ground and even more advanced companies get off the ground and, and grow their position. And that's a company called New Ventures Australia. Stuart and David, thank you very much for coming along. If you'd like to just start with David, just yeah. introduce yourself. A little quick rundown of what you want to be known for in life. And oh, yeah. <laughs> what you've achieved. That's, that's right. Your legacy. Yes, uh, thank you very much, uh, Scott. Yeah, it's great to be here and it's great that people are interested in listening to what we've got to say. So my background is in, loosely, it's in company turnaround. It's essentially crisis management. So I'm usually called in when a corporation is just about run out of money. So I've got to go in there and find out, well, how I'll give we... you a call. That's me most days. <laughs> yes, well, why not? If you want to contact me, you'll be Rick Scott. Uh, but, but essentially, in a lot of cases, it's where the entrepreneur has just got to the stage where they've either let things slip or the business has just got too big for them and they really need someone with some uh, management and corporation management capability to come in and give them a hand. So that's in a nutshell. That's that's what I do. I think probably we might do another podcast. I think we're talking to Scott earlier. Yeah, we'll do we a, series. Do a, a series. There's so on, much knowledge in these guys. We've just got to do a number of them. On how we how we do it and what things to look for. But certainly, I'll just give you just one thing that can help you in your business. And I always look for try to determine the one thing that determines whether a company is going to be, succeed or not. And I call it a key performance indicator. And my, my definition of a key performance indicator is that if this indicator is not working, then the, the company is at risk. And a very quick example, uh, Scott mentioned Precision Eyewear, which was one of the turnarounds I did. Um, what I found was that our sales as a corporation were based on the number of eye tests that were uh, that the optometrists were, were doing at the branches. So if the number of eye tests was going down, I knew that our sales would go down because for every 10 eye tests, I knew that we'd get on average five sales. That's five sales of optical frames and lenses. 
So if, this, if all of a sudden the, the uh, eye test went down, I knew we were going to have a problem. So it was, very, it was up to me then through our marketing people to make sure that to keep up that steady stream of people coming through the, the various branches to have eye tests uh, so that we can maintain our sales. So that's, that was my definition of a key performance indicator. It's not necessarily everybody's definition, but it's in this particular case, it's if this is not working, if this metric is not working, then you know that the business is at risk. Stewie, give us a bit of background there, if you don't mind. Yeah, thanks, Scott, and thank you very much for inviting both of us too. So um, I actually grew up in a food manufacturing family, R&Gow & Co, which uh, was probably Queensland's largest food manufacturer for 85 years, um, set up by my great-grandfather in 1900. He was the Arnott's distributor in Queensland and facilitated the first wheat export from Queensland to England and then Coal Foods. He grew that up to be um, you know, a very large ASX-listed company by 1986 when it was purchased by Sarah Lee in a friendly takeover. So I grew up working in the factory and observing that life cycle of the company from start-up um, through to exit and, um, and, then, and the restructuring of the Queensland economy at that time when the textile clothing manufacturing industry was sent offshore and then you know, followed by the food industry. Yep. So I've always had a passion for... <coughs> You know, helping small business um, grow and fill that gap, if you like. Yep. Um, so for the last um, 20 years, I've been helping startups with the, with the government in various roles with Austrade and Silicon Valley as Australian Vice Consul and Trade Commissioner for IT. So helping IT companies enter the North American market, and then more recently, from 2000 to 2013, in the Queensland government, uh, helping startups through the venture capital unit it was called in those days and um, and we were seeing my little team was formed from scratch and we were seeing 1500 companies a year well it was a bit of an anomaly for the Queensland government because I had a, a you know a queue of um, inventors and small businesses at my door mm. and um, normally the government's a specialist at sending people away <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll see that. <laughs> So I created a bit of a stir, yeah. and we had to change the government systems to fit in with that. Well, there's a lot of work involved. You know, you, you, it's almost hard to imagine how a government employee can actually churn mm. through the amount of work that's required to see these people on their way, uh, well, on on a positive, uh, you know, trajectory tra- tra- to a success. You know, it's actually a lot easier just to just to turn them away, I guess. We'll send them to a seminar. Yeah. yeah. So we flipped that model on its head. Yep. And um, like you, Scott, you know, if you see enough um, small businesses and startups, um, you become well aware of their needs and yep. the gaps in the marketplace. Yes. You know, funding being one of the gaps, management team being the other. So yep. we set a set a um, a course to fill those gaps and set up various programs. And that's where New Ventures comes in. Yeah. Uh, so because obviously, you're now you've you've sort of transformed that from what you're saying from more aimed at getting startups off the ground, which you still do, but now trying to make people who've got the minimum viable product, MVP, which is a working prototype or approved principle, to the point where they're partnering with a company that can do something for them and take them that next step, which mm-hmm. is our model as well. But we'll definitely put you in touch with some of the clients we've got with MVPs with potential. So let's just run us through there. Uh, a lot of the stuff you're doing with IT, but you're obviously doing uh, consumer products as well and, and things like that. I mean, obviously, Turfex is another company you're involved with, which is obviously... You know, you've invested in as well. Yes. Uh, you're helping and mentoring and investing in that company to get it off the ground. Is that part of the New Ventures Australia program or is it a side venture? That was a side venture. So 
So New Ventures Australia has identified a gap in the marketplace, which is from that um, minimal viable product stage, working prototype stage, where you've had a round of angel investment typically, yep. maybe matched by a government grant, uh, accelerating commercialisation, for example, or an Ignite grant through the Queensland government. And there is a bit of cash, a bit of uh, a management team around, yep. and just waiting, waiting for a customer. Um, the difficulty is in Australia finding those customers, you know, unless you're selling coffee or um, nutraceutical products. It's yeah, quite, um, beer's you know, good. Yeah, beer is <laughs> always good. Um, it's, it's quite difficult. A lot of the markets are overseas. You know, what I've found over the years is that startups can have prototype products being tested in the marketplace, so they might have a few early customers, but scaling up, which is what you yeah. need to make a viable business, is difficult. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's a shame to see the stuff go overseas, but we just don't have the infrastructure here or the numbers. So it's you can you can do trial launching. I, I mean, we quite often try and launch products here mm. to to test the market. There's sort of three things: there's the technology. Have you proven the technology? There's the IP surrounding that. Is it protected? Mm. And does the market want it? So mm. when you have a prototype and you haven't got sales, yeah, it's the big mm. the big unknown is does the market want it? So mm. if if we can do that, not always possible, but yeah, it's great that can connect mm. those people overseas. So you you've uh, are you still? I mean, obviously the angel investment has been a big part of you, both your careers in new ventures. Are you still helping people get angel investment to get off the ground? Or do you expect them to come to you with an MVP, a, a, a proven product? Yes. So, um, so New Ventures Australia has um, evolved into bringing corporate partners from overseas to Queensland to meet those viable right. startups. Beautiful. Yeah. So filling that gap. So instead of startups, you know, jumping on the plane, yeah, suitcase very in expensive. hand, very expensive, very expensive yeah. not knowing who to meet. We, I can give you experience, you know, we, we went across before uh, Christmas and, you know, for me to pack up and go overseas for a week mm. and take two clients with me, mm. it's a very expensive process mm. and yeah. you're right, you have, to, you have to be meeting the right people or it's a waste of time. Mm. Yeah. And the amount of times I've been to trade shows for people and mm. I've gone and seen 30 or 40 companies, yeah. you come back, everyone's excited, even my own company, the Flixing, because we, we went to America, went to iCast, mm. everyone's jumping over the moon, taking you to dinner, all the rest of it very enthusiastic and, and I call it 30,000 foot amnesia. You get back on the plane and come home and everything evaporates. Mm. Who are you again? Oh, you know, you're trying to chase them off on the phone. Yeah. It just goes nowhere. It's very, very difficult. So mm, that's yeah. a great initiative. Great so initiative. What, what we recommend uh, if people are thinking about going overseas is to do a budget. And the reason for that is because when you're at home, you can jump into your car. When you're overseas, you need to get an Uber or a taxi or a bus or, or some other form of transport. When you're at home, you can just go to the fridge and get yourself some breakfast or whatever. When you're, over, when you're overseas, you have to go down to the cafe and buy, buy it. Same for lunch and dinner. And, you know, when you're away, you know, you have, you have to sleep somewhere. So, yeah. you, you know, if you get a hotel room, and well, I haven't even started talking about airfares and that sort of thing. Yeah, you're so, not making money either. Yeah, you yourself, well, that's, you know, that, that, that's right. You know, so it, it, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of companies actually don't don't venture overseas is because of the actual cost. Yeah. So when you actually get started, unless you're doing some sort of royalty deal uh, so that someone else is distributing your product and you get a royalty, you know, then you've got to be over there. A lot of your time has got to be spent over there managing the process, yeah. making sure that people are getting at, you know, the, the, the message is getting to the right people. And as an inventor, 
sometimes you're not the right person to be going and seeing these people, exactly. so you have to pay someone to go and that, do it. That's right. So right. when you bring people across yeah. here, how, how are you choosing those people? Because obviously all the different projects, you're not going to always suit one person. So mm. are you bringing someone across who's across multi-disciplines and purely investing in the company, or are you bringing people across who are specialists who want to take the product and you know working with that? Yeah, so, um, so for the next year or two, we're focusing on digital entertainment, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, digitalizing industry supply chains, yep. cryptos, blockchain technology, the um, cyber security, you know, around that. So, yep. you know, faster, cheaper in this industry supply chains. And that applies across industry sectors. Mm. So that's the focus at the moment because that's the investment trend that yep. investors are investing in overseas. So our first um, speaker that we're bringing over in April or May is Edith Young, Y-E-U-N-G, and she's established a 200 million US venture capital fund in Silicon Valley called Proof of Capital. And um, that specializes in taking US technology to China, but mm-hmm. she's scouring the world for blockchain, industry supply chain, digital technologies at the moment. Right. She's invested, her first investment, strangely enough, was out of South America. Right. So she's looking for a straight to Australia for deal flow. Excellent. And that's why we're bringing her out. No, oh, that's magnificent. I wonder if there's an opportunity when looking at that. I mean, if you actually paying for an airfare across to America or wherever, mm. you can sort of manage that. A startup can manage that. It's only when you're going over there to search and you come back empty-handed, that's obviously a very you know, risky mm. business. Mm. But if you were to generate some people over here with X amount of maybe someone in a consumer option, someone's digital, someone in beauty or whatever, and you were to organise a seminar over there with the right people in the, in the room, mm. that may be another opportunity mm. yeah. to get everyone in one place at one time. Yeah. Um, or, some opportunities and pitch. And, that, and when I was with Austrade as Australian Trade Commissioner in the... You know, late 90s, um, that's what we'd do. So we'd bring you know, the typical trade mission over yep. and I'd organise you know, for meetings at Oracle and you know, Datacom, those types of companies, and introduce them to Silicon Valley Bank. And you know, Larry Lopez was there in those days and he's now CEO of Commercialising Australia, the grant program. Mm. Sorry, not Commercialising Australia, Accelerating Commercialisation, they've changed the name. Yep. Um, so we'd do that introduction, that sort of show pony introduction, and that was very successful. Um, the typical figures for Austrade in those days, and this is secret insider information. <laughs> Here we go, here's a gem. Gem alert. One in seven, you know, typically one in seven participants in trade shows um, overseas were successful okay. in finding customers, and yep. which meant that six out of seven you know, failed. Spending a lot of money for no reason, yeah. Mm. But you know, for, from Australia's point of view, it led to good KPIs, yep. and for that one company, that was highly successful. Okay. Yeah, okay, I mean, that whole success rate thing is, is, you know, we try and do everything we can to try and qualify along the way and mm. increase that, but they're obviously handing mm. back to an inventor and then and losing their way yeah. is a big part of why but they fall apart. The so important nice thing is that in touch with the right people is that don't take that as failure. It's just it's one shot. It's just one route. It's just maybe one avenue that doesn't work. Yeah. Try something else because yep. there's lots of different products. There's lots of different ways to market. Yeah. So don't don't necessarily take that as oh look it's not going to work. Yeah, you've, you've, Talk to one person. Yeah, you haven't got a mm. result. Yeah. That's right. Re- regroup and then have a think about 
well, what else can I try? Yeah. Don't give up. I mean, that's the important thing is that don't, don't give up. Because nothing's ever failed until you've said, oh, I don't think this is going to work. Yeah. You know, we always try and yeah. build fallback. So, that's right. yeah. you know, first thing you might go along and try and license a product to a company. If we, we approach a number of different places and it's just not working, mm-hmm. we have you know, fallback situations where, you know, we try and plan into the business that if it doesn't go to a not the licensing agreement, can we manufacture it? Do yeah. more investment and manufacture it? Yeah. Go through a distribution network. Right. If that doesn't work, can we manufacture it and sell it ourselves? There's all a lot yeah. of direct... You know, so there's never. That's exactly yeah, what all we're about saying. assistance and generosity, yeah, and, and sometimes fundraising too. You need to be able to yeah. have access to fundraising. Mm. I, I think the key so. persistence and tenacity yeah. is all about stick outwardness and just yeah. just not taking no for an answer. It's the if one you thing that differentiates my winners from my people who, yeah. who don't don't win. So is just the fact if, that there's just if you dog, believe in your product, dogly. just keep going, yeah. keep going. Yeah. And if you haven't been, you know. First of all, to the right people to make sure you've got the right product. I mean, there's people I've That's turned right. away from here. Yeah. It's just not the right product. That's right. You know, it's just too difficult. Mm. Some of the things I've done have just, just you know, haven't been the right, the right mm. products. Yeah. It's just been made it difficult. Um, but it was just a matter of just re-establishing what you're doing and mm. changing your business plan. Mm. Um, I'll just jump in again. Yeah. Um, I hasten to add that um, when I was trade commissioner, my strike rate was much higher than that. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, that's the general thing, one in ten. That's yeah. what you hear all the time. Right. And you always hear that, you know, 99% you know, of um, mm. patents don't make money. Mm. A different story. They're not a commercial venture. Mm. They're just a knowledge sharing situation. But yeah. you know, so, to get to get high rates. Well, I mean, what were you, mm. what was your rate? Yeah. So when asking? so when I was there, um, we had uh, Newspol brought in to um, independently verify export impact um, for my office. And um, for the second year that I was there, we had over a hundred million dollars wow. in export impact. Yeah, that's awesome. And it was much higher than one in six, one in seven success yep. rate. And the reason was because I built up a relationship yep. with the companies and I kept in touch with them. Yep. And the more successful companies would come back, you know, a second yeah. or a third time. They're looking for new stuff. Yeah, because the people that they'd been introduced to by myself or Oz, the Austrade team, or they'd met at the trade shows, introduced them to a second or a third, yeah, you, know, nice. you know, tier of um, introductions. And it might be the second or the third introduction that was the successful, you know, distributor or the investor or the partner. So again, it came no, down to what good. you're I mean, saying. Success breeds success. It's, it's persistence. It's, it's, it's good to see that mm. um, that that relationship and you know working out for you. Um, you mentioned grants. Uh, grants are a really nice way of offsetting investment. Guys are highly involved in that. What level can you take people? Are you happy to sort of help them to? I mean, the grants process is difficult. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing it for years. and I still hate the idea. Mm-hmm. Of it. it just drives me nuts. Just the wording that the, yeah. the, the it's a different. It's a whole mm. different way and process that anyone else in business is used to doing. Government grant system is awesome, yeah. but it's bloody hard but to navigate. Can, so you are, you guys, yeah. are you guys happy to help with that, that sort of stuff? Well, is there it, are people who, who, who specialise in writing up grant applications. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're not that. Well, Stuart probably had a bit more experience than I am. But, but you know people that can do But that. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it, it realistically, you try and get as much down as you can for the, so that the person who's writing it up knows what you're talking about. Yeah. But, uh, essentially, it is, it is a very difficult thing. 
and what the government need is not necessarily what you think they need. No, so, no. Um, yeah, so you really need, need to talk to someone who's a specialist doing those sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, I can vouch for that. It's, uh, whenever the grant stuff yeah. comes through to me, I just get a cold sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, we'll put a link uh, to New Ventures Australia at the bottom of this, this post. It's an incredible resource. Thank you very much. I'm so glad you guys are doing it because it's, it's one of those... As, you, as you've uh, realised, there's is a definite gap in the market and an area where if you get it right, you can make the success of a company or, or, or a failure of a company if you get it wrong. So well done for that. And uh, we'll go on and we'll do a few more, try and tap a bit more out of your brains in other, another series. We'll but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll follow yeah. on with it. Follow Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Off to Market with Scott Farley and Hamish Chadwick. 